What we do here is go back, 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 back. You are listening to the It's Not About You podcast by Felicia Baird. This is a lifestyle podcast where we talk all things business, self-love, spirituality, and how people are giving back to the communities around them and building them up all at the same time. Each week, we have real, raw, honest conversations with inspiring people who are doing really cool things, expanding us, growing us, and making us realize we're pretty friggin' amazing. And we have everything inside of us that we need to do really cool things too. I'm your host, Felicia Baird. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the It's Not About You podcast. How are you doing this week? How's it going? It is going really well for me. I'm having a great week so far. I am currently in between TV contracts. So I've just been like kicking it and reaching out to people for the podcast and talking to people and having amazing interviews. And I am just loving it so much. So I have great interviews coming up for sure. But today is with Nick Arnold. He is in Toronto and he is a performer, but he also is like a mindset mentor who goes around and speaks to high school kids about what they could be if they didn't have any limiting beliefs and if they could literally be anything that they want to be. Like who would they be before they were told who they could be? Um, which I find super inspiring. The interview is amazing. It made me so happy to speak to him. He's so wise and he's all about that self-development and diving deeper into you, which I of course love. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're super into that as well. He just had so much to say about the practice of journaling, meditating, just getting to know you. And he made such a great point. It was such a good quote that he said, basically saying that it is a practice. So of course, people love the whole self-love journey when they're feeling good because it makes them feel even better. But no one loves doing it when they're in a funk, which is why it's a practice. Like learning to sit down with yourself and journaling out your feelings and, you know, finding the root of why you're feeling a certain way. No one likes doing that when they don't feel very happy. So it's learning the practice and all of that. Um, I I think you guys are really going to enjoy this podcast. I know I did. We recorded it a couple weeks ago and then I listened to it again and I just felt so much more inspired and I know you guys are going to enjoy it. So don't forget to rate and review it if you guys like it. I live on the noisiest street. I Honestly, it doesn't matter how many podcasts I record. They have so much noise in the background. I can buy the best pair of headphones and still have so much noise in the background. There's nothing I could do about it. So if you hear any honking or buses driving by especially, I am so sorry. I don't know how to fix it. Um, even my editor was just like, you need to find a quieter place to do podcasts, but I don't have a quieter place. So I hope it's not too distracting. I was fostering a pup. Um, if you were listening to my, there's a horn. Um, I was fostering a pup. If you were listening to the podcast previous to this and he just got adopted. His name was Benny. He was honestly the happiest dog. He's so full of love. <laughs> Yeah, he got adopted and they keep sending me photos and he's so, so happy, which 
makes me happy. Um, had them for three weeks, got attached, of course. I think next time I'm just going to get a fish or something because it's so hard to say goodbye to them. But it makes me happy that he is in such a happy forever home and they love him so much. And they're going to keep his name Benny, which I was super pumped about because I feel like I put a lot of work into naming him because he is such a Benny. So it makes me happy that that name is sticking. I kind of touched on this journaling program that I have going on right now. It is to help you rid anxiety, um, learn how to talk to yourself nicer and basically have more self-love in your life. So holiday season is coming up and this can be a hard time for some people, whether you, um, whether it brings up, you know, past experiences that make you feel lonely or upset, or you just had too much time with family and you need to dive deeper into that whole positive thinking game, (laughs) then this is for you. So you can find it on my website site at by Felicia Baird, and it is under the journaling toolkit. So I hope that that comes in handy. If you're into it, it's $22 and 10% gets donated to a charity that was on our podcast, Jenny Gaither. It was for Movement Foundation. She founded it and it helps um, girls of all ages just have more body positive confidence when it comes to their bodies. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast with Nick Arnold and yeah, of course, don't forget to rate and review it. Add me on Instagram at by Felicia Baird, B-Y-F-E-L-I-C-I-A-B-A-I-R-D. And then also my Facebook page as well is by Felicia Baird. So I hope to see you guys there. Let me know what you guys think. And I hope you guys all have an amazing day. Love you guys. Bye. So thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I, I've honestly been listening to your podcast for a while now, so it's really cool to actually be a guest on it. That's so cool. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. Um, so you do mindset work too as well, right? Uh, well, uh, personally, I do for sure. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's definitely something I implement in, in what I'm doing right now uh, professionally. But uh Mindset work has been something that I've been interested in and stuff I've been reading about since I was like a teenager. Um, and definitely when I, you know, entered my 20s, it's I think we a lot of us naturally kind of gravitate to it in our 20s just because we find ourselves so lost. I don't know about you, but that's that's how I kind mm-hmm. of dived into it, you know? Yeah. What was your rather? Yeah. <laughs> what was your moment of um of feeling lost because I mean, I think 20s, like, I mean, teenage years are hard, but 20 years, like you think that it gets easier when you get older, but it yeah. really doesn't. Yeah. Your twenties are, your tw- I mean, your twenties are wonderful just cause they are such a discovery period. Um, but they are also like a sort of second puberty. That's very difficult to kind of navigate. Cause it's, it's not very well defined and nobody really has the answers. And you realize that very quickly. And, uh, for me, I, I went to film school and my goal, my dream as a young kid was always to be a filmmaker. And, uh, as a young kid, it was to be a famous filmmaker. And so when I went to film school, I had these big ideas of grandeur that, you know, I'm going to go away. I went to Vancouver to go to film school. I'm going to go away and I'm going to come back to my hometown and be sort of the hometown hero. Who's, you know, got a career in filmmaking and, 
you know, my, everything's going to be set for me and give it another 10 years and I'm going to win an Oscar and yada, 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 and all this stuff. I did all of that too. I went to film school and all this stuff too. (laughs) Right. And then it doesn't happen, (laughs) you know, and then the, suddenly the film jobs aren't there for you on the silver platter. Like you thought they would be, you know, right out of film school. And I did everything right. What's happening? Exactly. Exactly. So my early twenties, um, were a real sort of coming of age with that where I got very depressed because it just wasn't the world that I had imagined it was throughout my entire teenage life. Uh, Things didn't necessarily happen the way I sort of magically expected them to. Uh, And that was just a huge sort of learning curve that I had to go through. And I'm so grateful that I went through it, but the, or like literally at the beginning of my twenties. Cause the thing was too, I went to film school and it was a one year intensive program. So I graduated when I was 19, which is crazy young to then go out into the world and try and knock on doors and make a career for yourself. So I'm 19, basically I moved to Toronto and I'm living on my own and I'm out of school and I've got this degree in film production and, mm-hmm. and that's it. And yeah. nothing's happening for me. So between like 20 and 22, it was just years of me not understanding why things weren't happening and slowly realizing what I had to do in order to make them happen for myself. But that took a lot, a lot to get there. And that's, and and, and when you are that lost, you're looking for other things, whether it's spiritually or um, just advice, whether it's therapy or other kind of stuff, you're you're going, why do I feel this way? And what can I do to help it? Not just career-wise, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I was big I, as a teenager, you know, I'd read The Secret and, and so I knew about the law of attraction and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And so like the ideas of the universe, you know, and all that sort of stuff were planted in my uh, sort of psyche. And, f- and from there, you, you just kind of start developing uh, mindset techniques, you know? And so as, as a, at a young age, I think it's young in terms of early, early 20s, you know, I started meditating and all that kind of stuff just as a way to... I had to do something mm-hmm. to help how I was feeling because I really was butting heads with the sort of my, my circumstances. And when you're resisting, it's never a good thing. And when you resist against your sort of circumstances, you're always going to kind of find yourself in a, in a bit of a funk. And in my case, it, it led to a, a solid year of depression. Wow. Okay. So you, so is, were you already acting at this point when, when you were going through that or was that your outlet? As a performer, uh, yeah. like I'd done a bit of it in high school. Um, and, but I, I, I really did have this whole dream of becoming a film director and a filmmaker. And that was what I was sort of set on and for hell bent on. That's what I was going to do. Um, so it, even though p- performing was more of a hobby thing, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't necessarily something that I saw turning into a, a career as it has now for me. Um, so it wasn't even necessarily an outlet at that time. Like when I say I was depressed and in a funk, I couldn't be creative. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's how I knew I was sort of depressed. Mm-hmm. Nothing was coming out. Um, so I really, really had to change sort of the way I was operating on a day-to-day basis in order to get out of that funk. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and if you, like, because you listen to my podcast, you know that I'm all about helping people like when they're in that state of mind, because it's so mm-hmm. easy for me to also get trapped in that as well. Mm-hmm. So well, it's funny because you and I, you and I connected over the journaling thing. If I, uh, um, I think you'd like to post a mine on Instagram about mm-hmm. journaling, if I'm correct. And, uh, 
the thing about that, like I've, I've journaled for a long time. It's funny looking back on my journals from that time period because I was so desperate to kind of still have them be this magical tool. And so they're, they're almost, they're, you know, I have basically gratitude journals and all they are, are me sort of writing down my dreams and wishes. Um, they're, they're not necessarily reflective of what was going on at that time in the sense that I wasn't writing down my day-to-day thoughts, but I was determined to sort of write down the magic spells that would bring these dreams and wishes into my life. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just pages and pages and pages of filled with uh, me sort of acting like the life I have is there with me right now and being grateful for it. Oh, that's so amazing. Do you still you have know? them? Oh yeah. I've kept all of them. I've kept oh, all my journals so since cool. I was like 15. Yeah. And they're, and they're all very different. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Yeah, different yeah. stages of life. That'd oh, be yeah. scary to read, actually. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, I don't like I don't sit there and go like it's Friday night, time to read through <laughs> my journals, you know. One day maybe I will, but yeah, I don't I don't reread them at all. <laughs> That's so funny. You know what time it is, eight o'clock. Yeah, like, uh, oh, time to reflect on, you know, 10 years of Nick. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, well, so did you find that, you know, practicing that? really helped you out of your funk? Like what kind of steps did you take other than um, just turning to like the books and stuff like that? Books and, and, and like I said, the meditating and, and that kind of stuff and it helped to an extent, but then you kind of have to realize that there's also just certain things, there's action that you have to take Mm -hmm. because even when I was in that funk and kind of relying on the books and the journal writing and all this sort of stuff, I I was, I was for a period relying solely on that. So I was still waiting for something to still just kind of magically change because, oh, I'm, you know, sitting and zenning out for an hour and writing gratitude every day. So magic just needs to change. But with that, you also need to take action. And so it took me a little bit, mind you, I was young, but it took me a little bit to learn that. How young? And, And then when I did, things started changing rapidly. So I suddenly started realizing, uh, you know, it it, it was about two years of living in Toronto, just sitting on my butt waiting for things to happen. And I just suddenly realized I had a feature length film script that I had written in film school. And it was a small film with a small cast of characters. And it just dawned on me, why am I not trying to make this movie right now? Mm-hmm. And as soon as I put those wheels into motion and talked to a few people about it, things fell into place within about three months. We shot that film in 16 days and I took two years to edit it, but I made a feature film and that opened a bunch of doors for me and all this sort of thing. But it also pulled me out of my funk immediately because I was now striving towards a purpose. It wasn't the film jobs that I had fantasized about having, you know, Ron Howard wasn't calling me as I pictured (laughs) him calling me when I was in film school, you know? Oh wait, he didn't come knocking on your door? He didn't. And I thought he would. I swore he would. (laughs) (laughs) See, I knew he does that, but no. (laughs) Um, But I, I just realized that the power was within me the whole time to do it, to just make it happen. And when I did, people suddenly gravitated towards that. And I was attracting the people who wanted to make that happen. And it very quickly came to fruition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that a lot of people get so wrapped up in, and I do too, like just listening to these podcasts and like absorbing all this information that you, you forget to take the action sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Because you don't think, I mean, 
it's harder to visualize yourself in that position when you're, you know, in a funk. So you're just like, well, why would someone want to listen to me? Why would someone care about the voice that I'm giving out to the world? Well, that's the thing, Felicia, right? It's so easy to, you know, listen to your podcast and read the books and all that sort of thing when you're in a good place, right? And it's like, oh yeah, oh great. I can be, you know, uh, mindful and I can, oh, I'm meditating. I've been meditating every morning. I'm keeping a good track record of that, blah, blah, blah. And then the time that you really need to use those tools, all right, are, are when they're hardest to use. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we call it a practice. It's a journaling practice. It's a, you know, gratitude practice, meditating, meditation practice and all that sort of thing. Because you're actually kind of training for the periods that are going to be the times when you don't want to do them and taking action and all that sort of thing. You never want to take action when you're in a funk. Ever. No, you don't. No, because it's, yeah, it's the worst mindset to be in because all you do is just keep trying to make excuses for yourself. Like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it does not, it's not going to work for me. So why even bother? But it's, it's mm-hmm. taking, um, and this was my Instagram like live. And like, I just recorded a podcast this morning about it too, where you just if doing something that scares you, even if it's small things, like it doesn't have to be jumping out of a plane. It's like, what can you do today to advance yeah. yourself in a different direction? And, yeah. um, like I use like, I mean, when I was talking about confidence and I was using like eye contact for one and like actually putting your hand up in that meeting when you have something to say, but um, it's just little things like yesterday was doing my Instagram live. So it's like things that little things that don't seem that big that are so terrifying for you to do every day. It could be as simple as like, for me, like, and so much of what I do right now professionally is based on making phone calls because I basically have to make sales of what I'm doing. I have to mm-hmm. put myself out there and sell myself. And I hate making phone calls. And I know that's the best way to do them because emails don't just don't kind of break that barrier uh, as well as a phone call does. And thing that is phone calls scare me mm-hmm. Cold calls. <laughs> so much, you know, cold calls. Yeah. Uh, well, any phone calls also kind of scare me. I just don't like, you know, necessarily talking on the phone, but cold calls, especially. Um, and, and yeah, pushing yourself to do even something as simple as that is, uh, making it doing a cold email or a cold phone call can make all the difference towards advancing yourself in your career. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have been really awkward if Ron Howard did call you because you probably wouldn't have answered anyway. Been right? like, you, you actually, I, you know, it's a story. Uh, Dan Aykroyd legitimately did phone me uh, once and I, and I, and I avoided the phone call <laughs> because I was on a bus and I have anxiety about answering a phone and oh, having a conversation. Gosh. You and me both. I but hate I, it. But I didn't know it was him because it was an unknown number and uh, I just didn't answer. And and then I got a voicemail and I've never, I've never spoken to him or anything like that. You didn't like, you didn't call him back. I couldn't. He, uh, he basically, he was donating money towards uh, um, a film. uh, Well, the film that I made and Mm. um, he just left, left, he left instructions. Wow, Nick, that's so cool. Yeah, but I I missed it because of my fear. <laughs> so is this the film? Yeah. Is this the film that you like got out of your funk by making? And he, yes. see yeah. if that's so cool. See, it goes full circle. If you didn't have trust in yourself to do something like that, then exactly, yeah. Dan Aykroyd wouldn't have freaking called you. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. I, I hope that resonates with the listeners. Get off your butt something for sure for sure magical things happen honestly like it, it's amazing what falls into place when you start taking action when you just start saying that you're going to make something happen things it things fall into place mm-hmm. so let's fast forward to now you've mm-hmm. made a career out of teaching kids mindset work so explain how you thought 
I'm going to, this is how, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm going to do now. Yeah. It's, it's sort of a double, I mean, right now my career, like I'm working full time as a performer and, and, and in conjunction with that, um, I began speaking in high schools, uh, public speaking is just always, always been a passion of mine. And again, it was something that I just didn't dawn on me until relatively recently that, oh, I can actually, I can do this. Like I can, it doesn't just have to be a hobby that I do every now and then to help out a, you know, a friend's charity and speak at it and all this sort of thing. I can actually do this as a career, um, and have Mm -hmm. it, and have it benefit people. Um, sometimes we, sometimes you don't realize that, you know, the things you're actually passionate about, you can, can benefit you in more ways than one, you know? Um, so so for me, I, I, yeah, I started putting myself together as that and sort of selling myself as a speaker for schools. And the big thing that I wanted to do is, okay, what am I going to talk about when I go to school as well? I would love for someone to, if I was in high school, I would love to have had someone kind of break down everything that I tried to do in high school. Cause I did a whole bunch of charity work. And I also made, I had made a feature film while I was in high school. It was a film on uh, bullying and, um, and hatred and all this kind of stuff pre Facebook. So it's very dated, um, in its topic of bullying, uh, you <laughs> know, black and white as well. Or? Yeah, exactly. Shot on, <laughs> shot on, uh, old 16 millimeter film reels. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I'd made this film and I'd done all this sort of stuff, but I, I was like, it would be really amazing to, I think uh, if I'd had a speaker or somebody come in not only break down how to do those things properly, like how to write a press release and, and you know, uh, involve organizations in the community if you're running an event in your high school or things like that, um, but also encourage those who maybe feel like things like that aren't possible. So, you know, for me, I had this crazy idea when I was um, in high school to make a feature film by the time I graduated high school. And it involved over a hundred teenagers from all over the, the, uh, I grew up in Kingston, Ontario. So from all over Kingston, um, and we shot for 57 days in the summer between grades 10 and 11, 57 days, like our entire summer was spent shooting this movie. Hmm. And for me, I've always kind of, I, I view it as a bit of a gift, the gift of uh, childlike naivety. I've always had that in terms of that little bit of naivety other than the periods when I've been in my funk and it's disappeared, but that little bit of naivety that doesn't allow you to sort of second guess what your crazy ideas. I've always had that ability to just have a crazy idea and go, yeah, no, that's cool. I can make it happen. But I recognized even when I was in high school that my peers weren't all necessarily like that. And a lot of them suffer from a lot of self-doubt and a lot of them have amazing ideas and they go, oh, wouldn't it be great to, you know, make a musical about this and, or do this or do that. And the thing that always stops them is doubt. Mm-hmm. And even more so in today's age with the way that the state of the world is, and I, I don't like saying that we live in a very cynical world, but I also think we live in a very cynical world. <laughs> I, I think things like uh, the sarcasm humor of memes on the internet and Twitter, which is a very sort of sarcastic medium or is used very sarcastically and all that sort of thing, has just created a sort of vibe of cynicism um, in that things get shut down and critiqued, get, they get torn apart in YouTube comments, blah, 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 blah. It's very different from when I was in high school. Yeah. It's cyber bullying. It's like, it's like keyboard warriors. Even, I mean, you can call it a a form of cyber bullying and yeah, there's tons of that out there. Um, But it's also just the fact that it's like, when I was a kid, 
if you put yourself out there or something like that, I mean, YouTube was such a, a, a beginner uh, or um, early tool at that time. It didn't get torn apart the way that it does now or critiqued as heavily as it does now. And so that kind of fear, I think, can start stunt a lot of youth from even starting their ideas. The fact that as soon as you put something out on the internet, what if you, you know, as you're a teenager and you just want to take amazing photos, but you know, your fear is as soon as I put these on Instagram, oh, no one's going to like them or, or worse, they're going to comment about how stupid they are or this or that or the other. Um, so my big thing right now is to tie it all back after my rambling. I ramble <laughs> a lot, Felicia. No, um, my God, me too. Don't even Is worry. to uh, go into high schools and it's this whole notion of impossible dreams. So these ideas and these dreams that seem impossible or going a step further that people literally tell you are impossible. What are the tools and what is the mindset that you need in order to actually make them happen? And I was always, uh, I don't know if you know the musical Man of La Mancha. No, I don't. Okay, so it's a, uh, let me see how easily I can uh, give you a synopsis on this. It's an old Broadway musical based on one of the first novels ever written, Don Quixote. And Don Quixote is the story of this ordinary old man who believes that he's a knight. He's not a knight, but he believes that he is one. And there's this famous scene where he stumbles upon a slew of windmills in the distance and he sees these windmills and he thinks that they're these giants that he needs to conquer, right? Now, whether that's, you know, insanity or something else, we can talk about that a whole other day. But the point is he sees these windmills and he sees them as something that he can conquer. Throughout the whole story, it's all about his bravery and his tenacity and his belief in this impossible dream of his, his quest, his impossible quest, as he calls it. And there's a famous song from the musical that's literally called The Impossible Dream. And it goes to dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow and to run where the brave dare not go. And I fell in love with that song as a kid. And it always kind of became this sort of um, theme song for me. And so it's with that sort of that sort of story and that passion and that mindset that I now go into high schools and sort of sell this idea of, hey, you know what? We need people to dream in impossible things. If people didn't dream in impossible things, nothing in this world would happen, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then one of the ideas that I always pose to these teenagers is, you know, anybody who was ever successful was at one time delusional, if even for a moment. But they were okay with being delusional because they knew that in order for anything to happen in this world, you have to believe that something different than what has happened for the last 10, 15, 20 years can happen. You know, look at all the stuff that's going on right now, you know, the marches and all this sort of stuff with the state of the world right now. This is that in action. It's people who are going, no, 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 even with the state of the world as it is right now, I have to believe that something different can happen. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, so it's that notion of an impossible dream and the idea that, you know, they're not impossible at all. It's yeah. just, what are the tools and mindset that you need in order to make them happen? I love that so much. It's so funny. Cause I was actually just thinking about that today. Just kind of like random Felicia thoughts sitting on my bed. And, um, it's so true how much we get so wrapped up in what, people's opinions are because I have kind of the same mentality where it's like someone will say something and be like, Oh, okay. I could totally do that. Oh, okay. I could totally do that. Mm -hmm. And then 
you get someone who's just like, you can't do that. You're not trained to do that. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way that you could do something like that. And it's taken me now until like, I'm, I mean, I'm 28 and I'm kicking myself at how much I feel like not time is wasted, but how much time I spent on listening to other people. And it all comes down to if they're not doing something that I want to do now, then I don't care about what their opinion is, like their lifestyle or whatever. Like those people are the ones like, and unfortunately they come from the people that are closest to us, whether it's our parents, you know, our grandparents, our spouse, like whatever, like they're the first ones to shoot us down when we have a dream, your best friend, something. And often they don't even realize it, you know? No, of course not. It's not even, it's, it's just in their programming, just being like, no, you need the training to do that. You can't do something like that. It's always, you know, be careful. I don't know if, you know, you should quit your job without a backup plan or this or that or the other. And, you know, Sometimes we just need to listen to that. There's another quote that I love. It's from, uh, do you ever see Legends of the Fall? No. <laughs> uh, no worries. It's, it's a very, very cheesy movie. Uh, Brad Pitt and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but uh, the, the opening line is, there are those who hear their own inner voice with such clarity and such people become crazy or they become legends. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked that line just because, you know, it's, you do, you got to just kind of listen to your inner voice. And to some people, you're going to be crazy if you do, you know, or, Hey, you know, you might, you know, fall into the status of legend, you know? Exactly. And just, if you listen and training them young is so smart of you to think like, I'm going to get into the high schools. Cause that's when they're the most vulnerable. That's especially with social media these days. Like, I don't even know how I would survive high school if I already thought that much or even middle school. Like if I already thought that much about what people think of me, I couldn't imagine now just amplifying that. Well, and and it's, and it's also just that there's a, well, thanks. And it's also just that there's a lot of doubt, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're when you're at that age, you are kind of looking ahead and going everything seems possible. And at the same time, so much of it seems impossible. It just post-secondary everything, you know, like it's so hard at that age to visualize where you're actually going to be in 10 years. Um, and so this is just kind of about, Hey, make, make those crazy ideas happen, you mm-hmm. know, or at least try and go for them. Cause at the very least you're going to grow from trying to make them happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, it's so easy to be caught up in your little bubble in high school and, oh, you know, yeah. being like, there's so much more out there. But when someone would say something like that in high school, you're just like, no, there's not. This is yeah. it. This is my yeah. life. It feels like it is. I mean, you can barely picture life outside of whatever town you grew up in, you know? Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's a big, big world out there. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy that you touched on that. That's so weird. It's like we're like on the same, (laughs) like vibrations or something. Because I was literally thinking that today about about how much I wish I didn't listen to other people. It's it's funny though, because I still experience it today. And, you know, the difference is I just have the uh, the tools and the past experience to kind of push past it. But like, I just made my Instagram account a business account and doing that, my, the immediate thoughts that came in were all my friends are going to think I'm, I'm uh, a loser for doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I until then, that. until then my account was, you know, it's a personal thing. It's a social thing. Right. And so it's like those fears, those doubts, they pop in and they pre- often prevent you from doing something that's actually an important tool towards advancing your, your career mm-hmm. or advancing your dreams or your goals or this or that, you know? Yeah. I mean that live that I did yesterday, I don't even think anyone watched it, but 
It was the fact that it was so, I was so in my head about it. So it still happens at this age for sure. Like being like, oh my God, people are going to see that I'm on and then they're going to judge me for actually like putting that content out live. Um, And just, it was terrifying. But once it was done, you're just like, that's it. That's all it was. Okay. I'm going to do this more often. I'm sorry. I can do it again. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. totally. Yeah. Well, you suddenly realize like people aren't actually criticizing you as much as you thought they would, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm a little bit okay, you know? Yeah. And then also like a shameless podcast plug here, but no, it's not about you. Like no one ca- like no one cares about That's what it. you're doing. Like no one cares as much as you think that they care. That's exactly it. Yeah. 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 Well, I love that so much. Um, so what would you say to someone who is in their head right now um, and just like, so stuck in like if they're having a down moment in their life right now and can't see the bigger picture uh a that it's okay mm-hmm. that that's it feels like an incredibly uncommon thing because it's so personal when you're going through that but it is an incredibly common thing and even i mean you've talked about this so much the the social media thing and the Instagram thing, everything so seems so perfect on there. You know, my profile, if you go on it, it seems perfect. It seems like I'm, you know, doing everything I need to be doing career-wise and yada, 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 right? It doesn't seem like I'm failing. I don't post the failures. No one does, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're in that funk, it can, especially if you're on social media and all that sort of thing, um, it can really affect you because it feels like you're the only one kind of going through that. Uh, so if you're asking like, what can you do? I say, I, I honestly say some active tools that you can do. Social media needs to be something that you um, use in moderation. If you're going through a phase like that, you oh, know, yes, it has to be. Um, and it's different. I mean, I know some people base their careers on social media, things like that. And that's okay too. But even with that, I think there just needs to be moderation with it. You know, for me, I don't uh, keep my phone in my room anymore. Um, and there used to be a panic with that. Cause it's like, well, what if I'm going to get that emergency phone call in the middle of the night? And like, you know, there's, you always have these excuses for why you need your phone in your room. Right. Um, but what that prevents me from doing is I, I try to not check it for the first hour of the day and I try to not check it for the last mm-hmm. it doesn't always work, but at least I, you know, am attempting to give myself those hours of the day to just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I also just, you know, I, I'm trying to just check those social media things when and only if I need to, which also doesn't necessarily happen every day, but that's the goal. Um, <laughs> so it's about protecting yourself in that way. You're in a funk. You're not feeling like you have anything creative happening. You're not feeling like you, the ideas that you have are capable. The biggest thing is, and it's going to, honestly, it's going to improve so much if you do cut out that social media, is just starting to, if you're, you know, a filmmaker, just try, and this is every filmmaker's excuse, right? Is, oh, well, I'm not a writer. Oh, Mm -hmm. I don't write. Yeah. Okay. Do something though, that no one's going to see just for you. You know, I I, I, just start getting the ideas out and down on paper, start picturing what some of these ideas could look like. And the less time you spend on social media while you're doing that, the less you're going to be comparing and, and the less that self-doubt's actually going to happen. And before you know it, you're going to stumble upon the idea that's actually going to get things started. Mm-hmm. You're going to stumble upon that spark. It's not going to happen that first night. And so that's why I also say you have to revert back to point A, which is that it's okay. Give yourself that self-care. If you're in a funk, that's okay. Make sure you take the time to, you know, Netflix, 
all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. Cause it's you need true. that. You and also ideas it. come from that at the same time. You For know? sure. I totally agree. And eventually, like, I don't know about you, but I'll eventually just get so sick of watching the TV yeah. that I'll be like, okay, I'm actually going to do something now because I'm wasting so much time. Yeah. And often too, sometimes like I find like if I've just like been watched a show or something, like if the, you know, if the writing's really great in it or the show is really great, I'm just super, suddenly I'm just starting to feel a little burning desire to make something, you know, cause it's like, oh, that was so good. And like, it, it, for me, it's a big sort of charger. Um, but it also takes days sometimes to happen. So it's like, Hey, give yourself some time. You're in yeah. a fun. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. Like just, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, totally. Um, and how would you say that giving back has, um, you know, changed your mindset or improved it? I don't know about like changing. Cause like, <sighs> It was one of those things where I started doing it so young that um, it, 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 I hate to like phrase it like this, but it kind of like felt like it was always a part of me. Like I was 13 and I started doing the, the or 12 or 13 and I started doing this fundraiser, fundraising for cancer research. And I got a team together and we produced this show called Shave for a Cure where the finale featured everybody shaving their heads and all this sort of thing. And I did that all through high school. Um, so it's kind of just always made common sense to me to give back and, and, and do that sort of thing where it's become a bit different now is I found it very hard to do that. Once I a entered my funk when I was 20 years old, my bit of depression, because suddenly everything seemed about survival and it seemed like I had to just focus on me. Right. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it's like, well, no, I got to find a way to pay rent each month and I got to find a way to get my career started. So yeah, yeah, I can, under, I, I can understand too. Yeah. And exactly. And I think for people in their twenties, uh, most of our twenties are spent just planting the roots, right. For what the rest of our lives will be like. Um, and so you, you do need to kind of take that time to focus on you. And so there was a bit of a period in my early twenties where I was like, oh, this, I'm not giving back. And I like, I didn't think about it all the time, but when I would think about it, I'd feel guilty about it. Um, so this growth period has been finding the creative ways in which I can give back and also help myself out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's been, being a speaker is an amazing way to do that because it is something you can get paid to do and therefore live and take care of yourself and, ha you know, have a good life and all that sort of thing. But through that, it's, a, it's just this amazing soapbox where you can stand up and share these ideas and give back that, uh, you know, I'm able to now go into high schools and especially if I'm doing like a workshop version of my talk and not just doing the motivational side of it, I can actually break down some of the tools that I used while I was in high school, going on the radio, promoting the, you know, film that I was making in high school and this sort of thing. I can share those tools and step-by-step plant the seeds and ideas for other teenagers to make their own ideas happen. Mm -hmm. And so that's become a sort of, sort of subtle way of, of giving back. Right. And then yeah. now that I've kind of stabilized myself a little bit career wise, I just try to also help out with, you know, volunteer and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I think if there's anybody in their early twenties or, or any, at any stage, doesn't even have to be your early twenties, but you know, just kind of, wondering how they can give back or maybe feeling guilty about not being able to. It's also just kind of, again, giving yourself that, cut yourself some slack, you know, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll, you'll be in a position where you can. 
Yeah. I think, yeah, people are way too hard on themselves in general. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, the more you're lifting others, even if it doesn't have to be through money, like if you're Mm -hmm. just donating your time or donating your knowledge or whatever, you always have something that you can give. So when you're doing that, it just automatically makes you feel better. And when you're make when you're feeling better then you're vibrating at a higher level too that's why this podcast is amazing you know felicia because like the number like i mean who knows like who's actually listening to this and needing exactly what you have to say or what someone who you're interviewing has to say you know and that could be the thing for them where they're just like ah man i really needed to hear that today Mm-hmm. And, and that's I mean, the goal. Yeah. The thing is, you don't even get to know. This is where it becomes not about you, right? <laughs> is that uh, you don't even get to know necessarily how it's affected some people. I know. I know. Right? It's weird because you're just behind a microphone. Like you you're don't just behind even a know. microphone, yeah, and putting it out into the world, right? But doing something like that is so simple and is a great way to give back. For sure. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I appreciate it. And it's so funny because anytime that I think like I don't even think this is making any bit of an impact, um, I'll get a message from someone. And it'll be like, hey, like your podcast changed my life or whatever. And I'm sure that your like um, your speaking engagements that you do do that too. So it's really cool to have people give you feedback. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, I mean, there's sometimes where you're speaking and you, you just don't know if it's resonating, right? <laughs> like it's a bunch of teenagers, yeah. right? It's like, uh, okay, they've been dragged out of class. Maybe that, you know, I don't know, you know, they're going, who's this guy? But yeah. then it's when you, when, when, you know, when you're kind of interacting with them afterwards and high-fiving them as they're heading out and all that sort of thing, that's when you find out, okay, oh, actually this really did resonate. And some of them are coming up being like, you know, I'm in grade 10 right now and I just don't know what I'm doing with my life. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, it's okay, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And in 10 years, you're still not going to know what you want exactly. to do Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to exactly <laughs> say that right now, but <laughs> rest assured at some point it does get better. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You uh, thank you so much for having me. It's crazy how our, um, like our lives have been kind of the same. Yeah. The same path almost. Yeah. Pretty, pretty busy, hectic and, and also good, I would say. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Well, I hope you have a good night. Thanks. Thank you very much, Felicia. Thank you so much for tuning into the It's Not About You podcast this week. We're happy you popped by and we hope you feel totally broken open and expanded from this episode. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It would be so much appreciated. See you guys next week. Love you guys. Bye.